welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy soccer slash football podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, joining me is my trusty co-host, Rob Langevin. How's it going, Rob? Good, Kevin. Thanks for the introduction, and, you know, it's great to be here talking footy, and we're joined by a very special guest. You know, he has more alternative names than... uh, Anybody I can think of, you know, he goes by the AK likes of Barry Manager, and that's the one and only Chief from FPL Hints. Chief, how's it going? Hey, guys. It's going really well, thank you. My first podcast of the season, rearing to go, and um, expecting a, another bedraggled and beaten season. Yeah, Rob already alluded to the name change. I can think of Adrissa slash Ghana slash Gaye, or however many names he wants. I think that's a near second. Um, but you talked about uh, uh, the manager change or the name change before we started recording. You want to tell the listeners a little bit about the mindset behind that brand shift? Yeah, I think I think I was just experimenting over the summer, um, and I wanted something was well, you know like Joe Blogs, you know, like a, a, a placeholder name. I just wanted something different. But um, such was, um, you know, such was the shock that I changed my name that that the followers rebelled and they they didn't want any of it. So I had to switch back to the chief um, in a matter of days. So alas, that rebranding was a fail. But I still changed my avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> follower coup, probably not what you were angling for. Um, uh, another uh, disappointment of sorts was Newcastle last season. Our condolences. A couple of players worth talking about, though, have stayed in the Premier League in Andros Townsend and Jorginho Wijnaldum. What do you think of their moves and their value this season? I think from a Newcastle perspective, um, you know, we... Yeah, we 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 we've got good cash for them. So, you know, but yeah, we're going to miss them. But um, it's not the be all or end all for us with the replacements that we have. Um, In terms of um, Wijnaldum, first of all, um, as a as a player at Liverpool, it's going to be quite interesting. They've got a lot of you know attack minded midfielders who are packing that midfield right now. So um, I'm not sure where he's going to fit in, and you know, he might play a lot deeper than he has been. in the past year uh, as an FPL prospect I, I'd, I'd avoid him to be honest with you just due to the sheer number of attacking midfielders that Liverpool have um, as for Townsend I actually have him in my draft team I think he's good value for money at six and a half million he's got that proven uh, FPL Premier League pedigree as he showed with Newcastle give him a consistent run of games and he'll give you good returns um, he's someone who is the ideal fourth midfielder in any draft team um right now and i you know it just makes sense you know crystal palace's upcoming run of games aren't too bad so he's worth consideration him him in particular more so than Gigi. yeah we, we've talked about uh when you a fair bit here i i think we all agree that it's a big question mark and that he'll probably end up playing deeper closer to, to where he played for psv uh, Rob, you have anything you want to bring up, <laughs> even though we're only three minutes into the show? No, I mean, I, I'm in complete agreement with Chief. You know, I, I, Liverpool's forward-minded midfielders, he's kind of offset there. He's kind of have to find his niche and be almost like a defensive, offensive midfielder for them. And his price tag at 8.0 is just not conducive for any kind of ownership right now, especially with the, you know, the wary fear of feeling of, of, of where he's going to play and how often he's going to play. 
I know Liverpool, we've talked ad nauseum about how they don't have extra games this year, but still, I think there's going to be a, a, a wicked rotation there. Uh, and on to Townsend. I love Townsend this year. His price point at 6.5 is exactly perfect for what Chief said. He's a f- perfect fourth midfielder, someone that you can shuffle in and out based on matchup or, you know, if you want to be different a little bit, you know, his ownership is conducive for someone that you could probably strike gold with early because it's only being owned at 6.5%, which matches his price right now. So that's that's a fantastic bargain. Um, but, yeah, Chief Chief hit it right on the head with, with both guys. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Um, we talked about doing this before, and I, I guess we may as well just hop into it, which is three players that you think are overvalued and three that you think are undervalued. We'll give Chief a rest here for a minute and stick with Rob. Uh, my three overpriced are uh, mostly midfielders. Uh, you know, I think that's where a lot of the people are going to make their biggest assumptions based on ownership and price and form and upcoming fixtures. My three guys are Anthony Martial at 9.5. Uh, I want to see how he fits into the new system there. And, yeah, somebody at United is going to get the secondary goals, but is it going to be him? Is it going to be Mkhitaryan? Is it going to be you know Rooney in an offset strike mode? Nobody knows. So at 9.5, it's kind of a big question mark for him to you know even question it. At 9.5, you could basically own Mesut Ozil and not have to worry about Anthony Martial's results. Uh, my second guy, we're going back to Liverpool guys. I'll go with Sadio Mane at 9.0. Uh, you, you know, Usage is going to be the big thing. I don't know where he fits in there. Um, you know, they're talking him up like he's going to be, you know, the guy there on the wide. I want to see it. Mane has all-world talent. I just want to see it consistently for a top-flight team like Liverpool. My last guy is Nolito. Uh, his price and where he's going to fit again, it's, it's basically price and fitting into a team. Uh, look at the weapons that City has right now. They have KDB. They have Silva. They have Aguero. Where is he going to fit in there? I know he's probably going to be most likely like a super sub, but at his price right now, are you really going to buy into him at that price to be a super sub and give you some kind of fantasy output? I really don't see it. Um, so those are my three my three overpriced guys. Chief, how about you? Yeah, I, I concur with those um, choices, first of all. I mean, in, in particular, Martial, um, you know, granted he's now – a midfield, he listed as a midfielder, but his price has really, you know, it's ridiculously inflated. And just looking at that Manchester United team, the attacking prowess they have, you know, there, there are a lot of players who will, in effect, cancel each other out. Um, and one player, first of all, that comes to mind for me, who is in my team, who I believe is excessively overpriced, and that is, dare I say it, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I think yeah. he is at 11 and a half million. He's, you know, he's in his mid thirties. I, I, you know, I fully accept he knocked, you know, scored 50 goals last season. He's got a fantastic record for scoring goals in whichever league he's played. But generally, as a, as a rule of thumb, those strikers that come from the French league and then come in the Premier League, they can't maintain that strike rate. And at 11 and a half million, really, you know, yeah, he should be priced higher than Rooney. Don't get me wrong, absolutely. But I think he's maybe half a mil, one mil, or even one and a half mil overpriced. But that hasn't stopped me from getting him in my team. Um, and the unfortunate thing with Zlatan's price tag is that people can't afford him and Aguero. That's the best downfall of it. I've managed to fit both in, um, but that is, that's the biggest, you know, um, takeaway, negative takeaway from that, that he's pricing out other other viable options. The second um, player that I feel is overly priced, it's another 
player that played in the French league, and it's Chelsea's new striker. Dare I pronounce his name? Batshuayi. Have I pronounced yeah, that right, guys? Nailed it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for phonetics. Yeah, absolutely. I think sticking with Batman <laughs> seems fully reasonable. Well, um, you know, I, I, I <laughs> or, or bat some blank crazy, but I won't, I won't say what the blank means. But, um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but um, and I, in all seriousness, I, I think it is crazy at what he's priced at. I think he's, I know it's cheaper than cost. Is it nine million, guys? You can probably confirm that for me. Yeah. Um, he's again first season in the Premier League. He didn't even have a fifty percent strike rate last season in the French league, and yet there he is priced to that value, you know, and us full well knowing that they've got Costa as well. Um, I feel that had he been a bit cheaper, his ownership would have been substantially higher than it is right now. And there's no doubt that he will get game time. He's not been purchased to be a reserve player unless Chelsea, for some weird reason, decide to get Romelu Lukaku again. But it's just what what's the point of them pricing him so highly it just doesn't make any sense to me um so he's unfortunately he's one to avoid the biggest irony actually out of all of this if you look at all the chelsea players prices from last year pretty much all of their players prices have substantially dropped is that something that you guys have noticed as well like a good mm. one one mil half a mil a lot cheaper it's, and it makes sense because they didn't finish in a european spot and that that should reflect in the price of what they are. The other player um, that sticks to mind, who I believe is overpriced, and it just doesn't make sense to me, it's Thibaut Courtois. Now, why is he priced at five and a half million, the same price as David De Gea, when he, uh, you know, I know he got a few red cards and didn't get game time due to injury and whatnot, but I just feel he's priced so you know, so over the top compared to a goalkeeper like De Gea who kept so many clean sheets. Yeah. And it begs the question, like from my perspective, when they do these prices, are they basing it on what the players did last year or is it what they think, you know, the value of their potential this year or a bit of both? I'm not sure. I mean, what do you guys think about that? I think it's an excellent point. And uh, Rob, as a Chelsea fan, will know Courtois was very disappointing the last couple months of the season. And even before that was letting in some leaky goals, which I don't think many would expect. I do think uh, you hit the nail on the head a bit there. I I think name value is a part of it. Uh, That his name's Thibaut Courtois and he plays for Chelsea, so the price has to be a little bit higher. But the performances don't back up that number. And I think part of it might be, quote-unquote, market value, if you will, that people will still pay it. So they can put it that high. Yeah. It's almost like real world, real world economics that you want to make the price as high as you can with people still going in for it. And, and with Conte being their new manager, I, I think it's entirely possible. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's at least like 5% owned or some nonsense. Yeah. And, and, and just coming on that point of, you know, Conte and his reputation of being, you know, a defensive disciplinarian, there's no doubt that Chelsea will keep you know, more clean sheets this season than they did last season. And without the European distraction, you know, that they will challenge for the title as well. Um, It's just a bit unfortunate how a lot of their players, you know, have reduced in price. And like I said, the market value might have been a factor as well. Um, Another player, actually, and I I know I'm sort of digressing because this is a fourth pick. Why is it that Tim Cahill is valued at six million, yet John Terry is valued at five and a half million? 
And they both played similar amount of game time in terms of minutes last season. Yet, why does Cahill get the extra half mil? Is it because he's younger or... Is, it, is, there, is there another reason there? Not well, I sure. do assume you mean Gary Cahill, because Tim Cahill oh, would be awful oh, as a center back. <laughs> no, no worries. I, I think he's still heading in goals for the Australian national team. <laughs> Despite being like five foot tall. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. I think I've got my um, off-season cap on. Yeah, Gary Cahill. Why is he valued half a mil more? I don't know. I think Moyes will really get the best out of him for Everton. Yeah. I think it's speculation that he's going to get more minutes than Terry. I don't think they. I think they're looking at what they're going to expect minute-wise from Terry and Cahill. And Cahill to me fits more into a Conte system than Terry does, only because he he's, he can move just a little bit faster or maybe anticipate little things better. But uh, getting back on your Courtois thing, because I didn't jump in. Um, if you add Courtois and Begovic score last year, it was one twenty-four for both of them. They still would have finished outside the top eight combined mm. for for wow. as goalies. Um, wow. They would have finished behind Adrian in the, in the standings. So it would have oh, been like ninth, as well. ninth overall. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I think the five dot five tag is a he plays for plays for a top flight team. Yes, it didn't record in standings, didn't show it. But Chelsea is still a big fantasy market team. Uh, two, he's got a name that people know and trust or have trusted or buy into. So it's all about speculation of price when pricing mm. at five dot five. Um, so those are the main factors, I think, for, for Courtois being the same as De Gea. But I completely agree. He's not anywhere anybody I would even trust as a goalie. He looked awful at times last year. He looked lost. I don't know if he just lost uh, you know, confidence in his front defenders and couldn't you know, overcome that. But, yeah, any Chelsea goalie right now is bad, bad yeah. news for fans. I was right, by the way. It's at uh, 9.5% owned. Which is wow. absolutely incredible, but yeah, that, that's I think that that pretty much is evidence of what we've all pointed out uh, in regards to Courtois. Um, for me, uh, players that are overpriced uh, first: Sadio Mane at nine point oh is just not my cup of tea. D- to be fair to him up front, he scored eleven goals the last two seasons and has looked very good for Liverpool in their preseason thus far. But the negatives are minutes, as we've already mentioned on and on on this show. Um, they could be limited because you already have Coutinho, you have Firmino. It's likely that Wijnaldum gets pushed at back into more of a central midfield role, but he did play on the left a lot for uh, Newcastle last season. I, I just am not confident in the minutes. Um, he won't be able to cut in nearly as much as he did at Southampton. It, as I mentioned a lot of times, his crossing stats are not what people think it is. I don't know if people are just playing loads of football manager or FIFA or what, but his crossing is not actually that good. Um, he'd much prefer to cut in. And when you have the likes of Coutinho and Firmino already in those spaces, you're just going to kind of get in all of each other's way. So I don't really like that too much. At 9.0, a little too expensive. And there are cheaper players who are not just cheaper and not just better values, but they're better options full stop. So I'm not a big uh, fan of Mane this season. Uh, you already mentioned Batshuayi. I'll go with the other uh, substitute striker, assuming that Costa stays, which he may well not. Um, but for Tottenham, Vincent Janssen, who I do not think will get lots of minutes. As Robin, I've mentioned before, I think he's more of a super sub. And at 8.0, that is way too much. Uh, and even if Kane went down, I think there would be better one or two match options at much lower prices. Uh, and sticking on what you were talking about, Chelsea, I agree that most of the attacking Chelsea players have had reduced prices. But weirdly, the defenders haven't. With three of them still costing 6.0, 
And we saw last season, they ended the season as some of the highest price defenders because nobody ever bought them in the first place for them to drop them to drop the price. So I, I, we already talked about Conte a bit there, but I think it might be a little bit more like what Lester did last season where the first half might be sloppy and then things start to tighten up in the second half of the season. But at 6-0, I don't think any of them are really uh, worth owning at all. Thoughts, concerns, questions, anger? No. All, all good names by all. Good times were had by the round table. <laughs> all right, well, I'll roll into my... Yeah, Chief? Uh, just just a quick point that, um, you know, I, I think it goes without saying, and maybe the, the powers that be at uh, FPL HQ, they probably thought Chelsea will have a better run of things this season than they did last season, and they probably hedged their bets on, you know what, they will probably keep more clean sheets than they did, and that's probably why they overinflated them, but... At the same time, you know, cheapening their attacking players, that it just is just makes it a bit random. But anyway, mm. there we go. That's FPL for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'd agree there. Oh, and Rob, who was it we were texting about the other day about oh, dropping uh, their price? Oh, so so Chief, I was texting Kevin the other day that I have a, a huge conspir- conspiracy theory that we'll, everybody should do. With Aaron Cresswell laid up for, you know, the good part of four months, you know, since a lot of people don't use their fourth defender or fifth defender in the first couple weeks, I was saying everybody should jump on the ownership bandwagon for Aaron Cresswell the first two weeks and then just completely flood the market with drops so he drops precipitously from where he is now down to where in, in like, you know, four months he's going to be below market value and then he'll buy, you could be a buyer at his price. <laughs> so basically, you basically get everybody on board, you add a player, <laughs> and then everybody dumps him and then he, he goes down, you know, 0. 0.2 points yeah. every, every week. That sounds like my kind of conspiracy theory. Um, let's hope it pans out. But, um, <laughs> we, we, need, we need greater sway in the market, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Spread, I think spread the word. Exactly. Spread the word. Go on Twitter. Go on Reddit. Uh, go on Google and just spread the word. But um, that, you know, that, that there, there is scope for players having their prices you know, dramatically falling and um, I, I guess you're, you're saying that out of love for Aaron Cresswell that, you know, when he's fully fit, he's going to be amazing for West Ham as he was last season. Um, so it's, it's, it's that crazy that if you get people doing it, it just might work. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely going to be the plan. Um, so we'll go back snake draft style uh, with me continuing on into my underpriced guys. Um, Andre Ayew at 5.5, especially if he's used as a striker, and even more especially if he's playing as a striker for West Ham uh, with all of their supporting players. I think 5.5 is a steal. He was pretty... Wait, that can't be right. No, no, no. As soon as I said that, I was like, no, that's that's (laughs) definitely wrong. Uh, Apparently, uh, yeah, Uh, just spaced. Hmm. So how, anyway, how was, the, how was the pub this afternoon? So. You know what? Uh, <laughs> Lester pulled back pretty well, and Ahmed Musa is a very interesting player, and he's really good for Seska. And if he plays on the left wing, he'll have some value. But anyway, that, that's how my but afternoon they bought, was. They, they, um, the, the other wing they've bought, um, the Polish international. Oh, that um, Kaputska. Yeah, that happened. To, yeah, that happened. Uh, Kaput, to, yeah. Kaputska. 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 Right? Kaputska. Yeah. Kaputska. So that, that's going to be quite interesting. You've got Musa, you've got Mares, and you've got him. How are you going to fit them all into the team? I don't think they will. I, I Well, for me, personally, I think 
that I still prefer Musa as an actual forward than as a winger. Mm-hmm. But if if you yeah. play if you play Musa with Vardy and Mahrez, that is just an insane counterattack with with the amount of pace wow. they have. Um, I think Kaputska might not be there yet. That's just that's just my opinion though. But I don't think all all four will get regular minutes this year. Uh, it does raise the question uh, mm-hmm. as to what formations are they going to use because I was kind of high on Albrighton, but if they're going to be mm-hmm. in more of a four three three with traditional wingers, that kind of takes his spot away. Uh, and, and we might see something like what happened to Schlupp in between two years ago and last year, where somebody that was highly touted as a fantasy option all of a sudden doesn't have a spot anymore, um, mm. which would be disappointing. Uh, finishing my Andre AU point, he is still at 7.5. <laughs> that is still valuable for me, though. He was pretty great last season, still finishes a top five midfielder. And if the circumstances are right, those 12 goals could bump up to 15. But I'm not going to bet anybody on that because all of my Gomez preseason love last year did not pan out except for the first month where I looked like a genius, except for those other like seven months where I looked like a complete idiot. But I really like Andre, especially if he ends up being a striker. Simon Francis at 4-5. I mentioned him on last week's show and in my preview article and in my rankings for Rob over there on Razzball. Um, that statistically, he looks like he's on the verge of a fantasy breakout. Now, yes, before we get into this, I am aware that he's 31. So calling it a breakout is either unlikely or or just foolish entirely. But he had more touches than any player not named Cesc Fabregas last season. And the returns of key players like Wilson and Gridell should help them by boosting their attack in a roundabout way, which should at least relieve some of the pressure off of the defense because they just got pummeled a lot last season. Like, they'd have good matches but still let in two goals, three goals. Um, so hopefully that'll improve. There is a chance that he loses out to Tyrone Mings at some point, but his his leg injury was so rough. Uh, I'm honestly not sure he's going to get back to form. And if he does, you only spent 4 or 5 on Francis anyway, so it's not really that big a deal. He's worth the upside for me. Um, my last one, Eric Lamella at 7.0. Everybody's talking about the 8.5s at, at Tottenham with Erickson and Ali, and we're probably going to do that later again. But... Um, Lamella at 7.0, I think, is, is an excellent choice. He's the only player in Tottenham starting 11 that physically cannot be rotated. There is not another right winger at the club. Sun could deputize over there, but in the second team, he's also the left winger. So, uh, you know what? I don't think he's going to play both places at once. And Sun won't even be there the first two weeks because he's going to be on Olympic duty with South Korea. So, Lamella at 7.0, I think, is very interesting. Bossed a lot of the creative statistics last season, despite having not as many uh, minutes. But uh, what, what did he have? Four goals and nine assists, I want to say off the top of my head. Really hope that's not wrong. Um, but anyway, I, I like him at that value. Uh, Chief, who do you have that you think is a little bit underrated this year? Yeah, just just coming on to my picks. Um, um, just quick word on Lamella. I'm not so sure about him. I mean, you know, he, I, I just feel with him. Yeah, he, he's shown like glints of form here and there, but has he been consistent throughout throughout the season um, since he came to the Premier League? And I don't think he has. But having said that, you know, he is cut price. And it remains to be seen what, what he can do. But I'm not so sure on him just yet. But there is a midfielder that has caught my eye in preseason. Six and a half million. Plays for Everton. Who is it? Jerry Delafay. Gerard. Yeah. Delafay. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, what, one thing that has come to my attention is he's playing in a very advanced role in these friendly matches. I think Kuman may get the best out of him. And... 
at his price, he could be a surprise. I know Everton's um, initial fixtures aren't spectacular, but I think um, he might do, well, he not might, but he will do a lot better than he's done in previous seasons if he's given a focal role, more so than a Ross Barkley. And that is definitely worth, you know, keeping an eye out on. He he could be special this season. The, the second pick that comes to mind um, is someone who I have a fondness for, um, who I haven't got in my draft team just yet, and it's Boyan for Stoke. Six million, but there's one difference from this season to last season. What is it? He's not listed as a forward. Yeah. Exactly. He's listed as a midfielder. And I, I know Stoke have, um, you know, the, they've got a, a vast array of talents in midfield and they've got the new guy, uh, Ramadan Sobi, in their team as well. Um, and Boyan is not guaranteed to start every match. He'll probably play, you know, 60 minutes and get subbed off. But if you want a fourth midfielder when Stoke have a good run of upcoming games... He is definitely one to keep an eye out on. Six million, you know, it's just it's just more of a potluck sort of pick. But yeah. um, he 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 is he is a classy player, and it just depends on if he gets the relevant game time. But keep an eye on him. If Berahino goes there, does that does that impact your thoughts on him at all? Potentially, yeah. I mean. The, the problem I have with Stoke is that they've got too many players that can be rotated. That it's not it's not like like Leicester last season where you've got an almost set eleven that you you could you know you could name that team week in week out. You can't really do that with Stoke. Um, I think Berahino will definitely name. He'll be their main striker, no doubt. You know, Crouch and Jufal will be second fiddle to him, but. Um, but he he might he might you know affect Boyan's returns or conversely, Boyan and him might link up fantastically. But um, I guess we'd have to wait and see. I wouldn't recommend Boyan just yet. Just have a look to see if he gets picked, and if he you know shows some form, that would be the main thing with Boyan. My third pick is another Evertonian who may not be an Evertonian um, in the near future. He's a defender, five million. Who is he? John Stones. Yes. John Stones, who is heavily linked with the move to Manchester City. If that move transpires, there's no doubt he'll be a first-team defender. And there aren't that many first-team defenders for a top-four club who are 5 million um, with, with a 5 million price tag. Definitely on my radar. In fact, he's in my team. Um, and I'd recommend him, even if he doesn't move for whatever reason to Man City, um, I think... Kuhlman will get the best out of him as well. And, you know, they, they, I just think that he might do a Southampton with Everton, make them defensively solid, and also get the attacking returns. Um, but Stones at 5 million, you know, that is cut price. Yeah, all good, all good calls, Chief. You actually rated all my three unders uh, with two of the guys. <laughs> 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 but, uh, so, uh, I'll start with my... I, I agree with with Chief on uh, Jerry De La Feu at six point five. Um, he's basically this is comparatively how I say it. And I think I've said this to Kevin a couple times. He's basically Dusan Tadic minus a million dollars. You know, minus yeah. a dollar. Yeah, including maybe some of the weird random drops that yeah. Tadic got under. Ab- absolutely. I mean, he he with, with a lot of Gareth Barry in him. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. He does have a little temper. 
but brilliant wide player, brilliant cross of the ball. I think if Lukaku moves from Everton, I think it it's a knock against Jerry uh, Jerry D. But I still like him at where he is. You're not going to find a probably another you know fourth or fifth midfielder in that price range to gamble on that has moderate to low ownership that you could probably strike goal with as like an assist machine or you know give you an assist here or there. Um, my second guy, I'm sticking with all midfielders by the way. My second guy, I love what he's doing in the in the preseason. I actually like what the whole team is doing. Um, the cher- the cherries wide player Jordan Ibe. He's at five dot five right now. Uh, I like what he did last eBay. year. eBay, whatever. Is that, what you, is that how you pronounce it? eBay. I've 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 heard it both ways. Also, Nathan Ake slash Ak slash Ake slash. Well, stand wow. stand by, podcast listeners. I'm going to Americanize the crap out of this. It, it, it's, it, it's Georgian eBay or Ibe. 5.5. I like what he's doing in the preseason for Bournemouth. The Cherries have very, very athletic wingers, and a, and Callum Wilson returning from from injury. Uh, you know, I like what that team has on paper right now. And their schedule in the beginning of the year is kind of sketchy, but after that, it kind of flattens out after week six. So if you're not looking to invest right now, you know, everybody has a you know their draft team. You know, he's currently in mine only because I'm tinkering and I need, you know, money here, money there. But Jordan Ibe is the guy I'm looking at for my fifth midfielder. My last guy, and I'm in love with this guy in the midseason, in uh, preseason, Nathan Redman at 6.0. You know, I hear everybody saying that he's only played, you know, 26 games in the Premier League and only played X amount of minutes. He was brought there to do one thing, and that is augment the attack. He's going to augment the attack. If you look at what he does, what he did in the time for Norwich, albeit limited because Norwich kind of played a wonky rotational system where they thought Wes Houlihan was the Irish Messi and all that good stuff. But Nathan Redmond coming to a Southampton team that has a little bit more offensive punch than a Norwich squad and surrounded by better talented players, I guarantee he's going to finish in the top 12 of midfielders. That is my, that is my random factoid Ooh. of the day. If you had to, if you had to choose, right, right now, you can't, you, you you can't have one or the other. If I said to you, Redmond or Gerard Delafeu, who would you pick? Oh, he's taking uh, Jerry D. Don't yeah, Gerard Jer- D. From- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he may Jerry- as well be the official mascot of this podcast. Yeah. I, <laughs> Chief, I don't know how many podcasts you listened to last year, but I probably said that man's name more than any name on the history of the podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah. You you've said Gerard Delafeu more than Trump has said wall, but but it's actually funny, <laughs> Chief. It's actually funny that you you said that and brought that up because I have a comparative thing set up through for the midfielders. Uh, basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you two names at the same price point, starting at five dot five and ending at nine dot five. Just give me who you'd pick and maybe five seconds of why you would pick them. Okay, let's do it. All right, Kevin, this goes to you, too. So we'll go to Chief first, and then, mm. Kevin, you can you can jump in, too. All right, starting at 5.5, Jordan Ebay or Sofian Faguli? Um, I would say um, Faguli because I believe um, he's had more consistent minutes in the previous season, although he's not proven in the Premier League. And I feel he, he, he's got more attacking prowess. Mm-hmm. I agree on Faguli, although the sets don't really help out. He had a really, really rough season last year for Valencia. That's, um, that's true. Which, which was very disappointing. But he does have all the talent in the world. And you got to imagine pairing him with Payet will be absolutely terrifying. And yeah. even though Michael Antonio has been 
exposed a little bit this preseason thus far. Like Rob and I were huge on Antonio as a right back uh, for fantasy purposes, but mm. seeing how he's played recently, uh, Rob, you know, as a baseball fan, he might be one of those rare guys where the defense actually hurts his value because yeah. <laughs> he might not be on the pitch enough. Yeah, he's um, like the Pedro Alvarez of. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love El Toro so much. Don't you come up in my business? Freaking taco power, hashtag Pedro. Uh, anyway, that was not racist, by the way. There's a long oh story God. that I will talk about at some point. No, you know what? No, that's the point of this podcast. So Pedro Alvarez's wife, Kelly Alvarez, um, his literally his pregame meal every time is tacos before home games. And there was one home game where, uh, it, well, it was a doubleheader. And so she made double the tacos. And so he ate extra tacos that day, and he hit three home runs over the two games on the same day. And so it became like a feed Pedro more tacos thing. Anyway, that's my explanation. Uh, he just eats a lot of tacos. There's no race thing behind it. It's just no. what happened. Right. Man, I, I think I might have just dug my, my hole deeper there. But I love Pedro Alvarez, even though he abandoned us for the Orioles and is just a mediocre Mark Trumbo. Moving along. All right. Getting right. back to getting oh, back right. to yes. Fuguli. You guys both pick Fuguli. Yeah. I, I would go with Ibe. That's just me. Mm-hmm. All right. So 6.5. So this, is, this one gets a little bit tougher. Because it involves a name that we've brought up a couple times and we've actually talked very positively about one of these guys. Jared Delafeu or Andres Townsend? Oh. Mm. Um, oh, that's tough. Um, I'm going to say I've got both in my fantasy team right now and I'm going to say Gerard Delafeu because I think less people will own him and he'll be a differential at the start. Mm-hmm. Ah, this is not good radio, but I completely agree. I'm worried about the playing time at Crystal Palace. They have like four guys that could play those roles. I think yeah. Jared Delafeu has a much clearer path to first team football, and he has the better talent surrounding him. Yeah, I agree. I think Delafeu is going to have a lower ownership than Townsend. I think people are going to buy into the Townsend uh, hype wagon early, and Townsend, will, I mean, uh, Delafeu will probably outscore him. Uh, 7.5 Willian or Ross Barkley? Oh, neat, they're like the two worst names I could think of at that price. I <laughs> I want to say neither. Um, Barkley's been a disappointment for me in FPL. Uh, to be fair, you know, William, he, he actually had a good season um, in 15-16. So I would say tentatively him. Um, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Barkley this season. Um, but I don't like either of them, to be honest with you. Oh, yay, we can disagree. Um, <laughs> Willian, I think, did have a very good season last season, especially when he started taking uh, set pieces because he, he made some pretty audacious free kicks. But uh, Ross Barkley, I think, will massively benefit from the addition of Adrissa Guy slash Ghana, whatever he wants to be called these days, um, who was incredible last season. Second in basically all defensive metrics among midfielders to only... Uh, N'Golo Conte, and I think Barkley being able to stay in more attacking positions will really benefit him. Will he still be an incredibly frustrating own throughout the season? Yes, but it's only frustrating because he has those great matches or those great moments of brilliance that just make you wonder why he isn't doing it all the time. But I, I think with some of the, I keep coming back to minutes, but Willian with the addition of Quadrado, you still have Pedro around at the moment of recording. You still have Oscar. Fabregas might get moved up into a more advanced position if they end up keeping, um, oh, I just completely blanked on his name. 
uh, Matic and they want to play Matic next yep. to Conte, then you're pushing Fabregas mm-hmm. up the pitch. So now you have five or six players in those three behind whoever the striker is. Um, so uh, Ross Barkley, guaranteed minutes, won't have to defend as much with Guy there, and at the moment they still have Lukaku. I, I agree. I'm a, I'd take, I would take Barkley over Willian. Uh, the set, it's funny, and uh, Chief, you, you uh, said that the 7.5, there's a lot of guys in the 7.5 range that are very enticing for fantasy. You got Dusan Tadic, Marko Anatovic, mm. uh, Sigurdsson, AU uh, uh, from Swansea. Aye. Yeah, there's tons of He's 7.5. He's not at 5.5, five, five, I checked. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually a great uh, you know, midfielder start. You could probably get five guys at 7.5, and probably nobody would argue with you that you had five guys at 7.5. All right, moving yeah. on to 8.5, and I know Kevin's been waiting for this one. Della Ali or Christian Eriksen? Ooh. Um, oh, that is tough. I Because they're, they're now both um, a similar value um, because of uh, Ali's good run last season. I would say, uh, I'd say Ali, um, because, oh, that's tough. I'm going to say Ali because he, he showed what he can do with Kane, whereas with Ericsson, he's the dead ball specialist, and I feel Ali will encroach on his non-dead ball returns. Yeah, I, I'm I'm back on Team Ericsson this year. You, you make some excellent points, but his set pieces were actually a little bit below his career average last year. Um, and, and a regression to the mean there. By the way, I, I love the phrase regression to the mean, but can it mean going up? I feel like regression naturally has... Right? Like, you think about it coming down to the middle. Is it, does it still work for going up to the middle? Linguists, let us know. <laughs> Tweet at us and let us know if regression to the mean can be going up to the mean as well as going down. Anyway, Erickson should have a better season this year than last. And last year, he still had a very good season despite being perhaps a little uh, below his own uh, abilities. I agree with you that Ali takes off some of the shine there. I also think Lamella does the same and and will be more of a creative force this season as well. But those set pieces are so good. Um, Although, kind of to my way earlier Lamella point, Lamella did start taking some of the corners late in the season. Um, Erickson had tired legs and will be dealing with the Champions League, and we've talked about that before, that Erickson is one of the least athletic, quote-unquote, players in this Tottenham squad. So the first player to get tired often is Ericsson, and you've seen it the last two seasons down the stretch, that Ericsson's the one that kind of falls off first. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to go Ericsson for the beginning of the season, but um, I, I totally understand the Ali side. Cool. Yeah, I would, I would take Ali. I think Ali plays better with Kane than Ericsson does, and the value at Spurs is still through Kane for fantasy. Also, Ali uh, will be more fun to own. Sure. I, I have a question, guys. Just quickly on the Spurs point. Um, mm-hmm. Are you owning any Spurs players from game week one? I'm not personally, but how about, what about you guys? Oh, I'm super biased. Uh, I have Kane and Eriksson. <laughs> uh, I did have Vimmer in until Jan Vertonghen already returned to training, so it doesn't look like Vimmer's going to get that, that like three weeks that it looked like he'd get to start the season. Yeah, I have Ali, I have Ali just, currently. Fair play. Is it me, or do Spurs always look a bit knackered in the first few weeks of the season and then they pick up I mean Kane is probably the microcosm of that in the last two seasons wouldn't you say yeah and then the year before that it was a uh, soldado where we had four one nil wins out of our first five and three of them were soldado penalties 
uh, which yeah. didn't really help. And then that was before earning penalties counted as assists. So uh, yeah. that was not a very exciting uh, start to the fantasy season. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, in in the preseason, Erickson looked sluggish, which is of concern because he was one of the few Tottenham players not at the Euros. Um, but we, yeah. we haven't really seen enough of the others. Uh, Tottenham are in a friendly on Friday. So come back to me later once, once I've gotten to see some yeah. of those first teamers. All right, Chief. One last one before you go. Anthony Martial or Henrik Mkhitaryan at 9.5? Oh, that's another toughie. Um, oh, um, Martial, um, I feel last season, it was his breakthrough season, and obviously it was his debut season in the Premier League. I just feel with the Armenian... Is it Armenian International? Is that... Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I dare not pronounce that name wrong. Mickey, let's call him Mkhitaryan. Mickey. Okay, um, yep. <laughs> Mkhitaryan, yeah. Um, Mickey, the only other Mickey. Mike, <laughs> Mickey. just Mike, Mike. Henry, Mike. <laughs> I, I feel with him like he's he's proven himself, um, you know, more so. I mean, with Martial, he barely played for Monaco, and you know, then United signed him for silly sums. You, you kind of know what you're getting with Mickey, and I feel I, I actually had him in my first squad selection for the season. Um, I, my gut says that Martial might get rotated or rested more so uh, than than Mickey. Um, I feel Mickey. They're not going to. Then again, they spent lots of money on Martial as well. But I, I, at this moment in time, I wouldn't own either because I feel Manchester United have too many attacking options, and the only United player I'd get is Ibra. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really touch the midfield right now. Mm-hmm. Mm, fair enough. Kev, Kev, what about you? Um, I tend to agree. Uh, I, I mean, Mkhitaryan, uh, off the top of my head, I think had 11 goals and 20 assists last season mm-hmm. um, for Dortmund. And uh, I know we've uh, kind of mentioned Batshuayi not having the best strike rate in France. The, the German defenses are, are pretty solid on the whole. Um, so I think that is a little bit more analogous. Uh, you've seen what... what Firmino did last season, although it did take him a while to get into it. So we oh. could see something similar. But I agree with you. On the left, um, they have Martial. Even though he struggled a lot last season, they have Depay. They've played Mata out there before. There isn't really anyone to take that spot on the right with Valencia being played as a right back now. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I tend to agree with you there. Yeah. All right. Well, I'd, I'd probably take neither because I don't trust. I'd rather have Otsal or Payet. Yeah, I'd rather have Payet. <laughs> Um, but so that, that concludes our game. I know chief, you said you had a run in a little bit. Uh, so why don't you tell the folks at home where they could find you, uh, all across this broad space of inner interwebs that we, we currently inhabit. You can find me on Twitter at FPL hints. You can follow me on my blog, FPL hints.blogspot.co.uk. I've also set up my own, um, hosted game and it's like a last man standing, very easy to play free game. And that's footballsurvivor.co.uk forward slash L forward slash chief. Um, you're, you know, you and your followers are welcome to join. The winner of my league will get a prize, which will be a classic football shirt. It's only 20 game weeks um, long. So it's, it's really the good fun. 20? And I'd recommend you. Sorry? The first 20? 
Um, so it is. It will be the first twenty game weeks. Uh, that will be the maximum length. It might the game might finish um, before then. So basically, you pick a team. Mm-hmm. If that team wins, you don't lose lives. If that team loses, you lose two lives. If they draw, you lose one life. So it's 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 basically the last man standing based on the picks. Um, oh, it's a really good alternative game. I mean, our our the catches. It's so easy. Your nan could play it. I'm not sure what NAN translates to it in American, but um, that's what we say. <laughs> that sounds really fun. Everybody do yeah, that. Just, yeah, do what he just said. Yep. If you didn't catch it, rewind it and play it again in slow motion. So, <laughs> oh, thank you very much. But no, thanks, guys, Chief. thank you so much. For, you're, you're welcome. Thank you very much for having me on this show. I wish you all the best for the season. And um, yeah, have a good night. Yeah, our pleasure. Hope to speak to you soon. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Yeah, a uh, big thanks uh, to Chief there. Just to wrap up, Rob and I are going to talk through our teams a little bit, which I definitely already have up, and that's not why I'm stalling at all. Who's stalling? Are you stalling? Uh, Stalin was in charge of Russia for a while. Right, my team as it currently stands. I'm pretty sure nobody caught on to that. Um, <laughs> for week one, De Gea at the back, Simon Francis, Craig Dawson, who I've recently brought in, um, I think he's also been pretty undervalued. I think I put that in the defenders post for you, if memory serves. Yeah, you, you yeah. did. Yes. Yeah, uh, gets a pretty easy start to the season um, with Palace, Middlesbrough, and Bournemouth in three of his first four. Everton in there as well, dealing with a new manager. West Ham's a little scarier, but then Stoke you're fine with, Sunderland you're fine with. So I, I like the starts in the season. I think he's underrated. I, I think Pulis will keep it, you know, his usual amount of clean sheets, so I'm not too worried about that. Um, brought in uh, Fuchs, who, you know, you and I are both big fans of. Um, he's he's kind of my stud uh, defender at the moment. I might need to change that up at some point, but right now trying to fit two high-priced strikers is an issue. Across the midfield, currently have Eriksen, Fabregas, Mahrez, and Albrighton. I, I'm not leaping to go by Musa just because of his performance against De Gea. His performance today against Barcelona, but it is making me have questions about Albrighton. Uh, so that might change to somebody else a little bit cheaper at that price point. Uh, then up front, I have Aguero, Kane, and Negredo at the moment. Um, not as high on Negredo. Actually, uh, let's let's talk about Middlesbrough for a second here because. Sure. I have concerns with a lot of their players, including when we did our keeper rankings, Victor Veldes, who was not very good when he played in Belgium, obviously couldn't get a game at United, now comes to Middlesbrough. I'm not even sure he gets a game ahead of Guzan. You're you're much more on the Veldes train, so is John uh, Fantasy Gaffer, as you guys will know him. What's kind of your, your thinking behind liking more of these Middlesbrough guys than me? Oh, I mean, it's not that I love them. I just think that the, there's good value there and enough of the, the hype coming from the championship to the premier. I mean, any team that leads the league in goals allowed for two years in a row and basically is bringing up the same amount good of players. Way. They've allowed the less, the least yeah. goals. Yeah. Go, yeah, they've allowed the least. You know, and they're basically bringing everybody with them, you know. And then now they're adding a goalie who has, you know, start issues with previous clubs. Oh, all right. He's behind De Gea. Oh, he's a, oh, he's behind another all-world goalie. He he's got the quality to be able to be on the Uniteds and the Barcelonas and whoever else he's on. So I I see him as a value there just because of the hype that is coming up with Burrow. 
you know, that's why a lot of people are jumping on George Friend in the back because he's of his price point and what, what Middlesbrough's done, you know, defensively for the last two years. So it's not that I'm all in on them. I just kind of am listening and, and harboring the, the hype a little bit. On Negredo, you know, it's funny. I was just I was just reading this before and, and uh it's funny if you look at the pricing for, for the fantasy strikers. Name one guy that you have to own between 6'5 and the big guys of Ibrahimovic and Kane and Aguero. It's a tough list. There's basically nobody in the, in the, between 6'5 and 11 that I would actually think about rostering right now, besides Andre Gray. I'm not counting Andre Gray because I'm putting him in that category because he's, what is he, 7.0? Or he's 6'5. He's 6'5. Yeah. So starting with Andre Gray and looking up the ownership rankings. Tell me somebody, and it's funny, four of the top nine guys own right now are 6'5 or less. That is interesting. Okay, so you're saying forwards in between basically 7 and 11. Uh, Defoe, Mm -hmm. in this format, he's ownable, but I kind of want to see what happens there with uh, Moyes first. You know what? I'm fine with Giroud at 9 and Dini at 7. I, I'm, I have I have much less qualms than you do with some of those guys. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather go low or you know Star or spend high. Yeah. yeah, that's my strategy. Stars and scrubs. I mean, it's the way to go. Yeah. All right. All right uh, Did who you, you got? Oh, uh, I have really haven't changed too much. I'm still ro- ro- going with the Swansea Crystal Palace goal- goalkeeper rotation. Uh, you know, their schedules line up pretty good for the first six, so I'm fine with that. Uh, in the back, I like the lump. You know, my uh, I like to have one defender from each team to match a goalie. So I have Lamina Kone matching up with. No, that's not even right. I'm I'm completely wanked out of my head right now. Lamina <laughs> Kone, Virgil Van Dyke, John Stones, Neil Taylor, Johnny Evans in the back uh, gives me nice medium return on less owned guys, but all not very you know pricey van dyke is my stud he's been my i haven't moved him from a team or a draft that i've actually done since the beginning uh through the midfield uh, i have nathan redmond kevin de bruyne della ali mezzan also and jordan ibe or ebay as you as you choose uh i can't really go wrong with that i'm gonna start three rotate redmond and ibe depending on who's hot up top uh, i just said it i went stars and scrubs i have negredo andre gray and sergio aguero I mean, Aguero is a, is a staple. You, you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. If you don't own him, you, you, you kind of have to own him. I'm sorry that anybody who wants to argue that, I will bring up statistics and actually do homework to prove you wrong. <laughs> um, so, so that's my team right now. Uh, you know, with you know, with a week week plus to go, it'll probably change three or four more times. But it's getting it's getting close to a finished project to what I'm actually happy with. There's not too many more interchangeable parts. Yeah. I, I like those. I especially like Lamina Kone. What what is he priced at? Five, four, five. Ooh. Why have I not known that before? What's what's his uh? What is their schedule? Doop 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 doop. Good radio is what this is. It's it's bad for the first five. They're at City, home oh, to no. Burrow. <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't play him. I'm saying, but you wouldn't right, play right. him the first game. It's either away away to City, home to Borough, at Southampton, home to Everton, at Spurs, and then it flatten then it flattens out. Okay, yeah, yeah. Palace, West Brom, Stoke, ooh, West Ham, Arsenal, Bournemouth. It's basically two on, two off. Yeah, it's it's lump. It looks like yeah, yeah, Bournemouth Hall, Leicester. Yeah, see, it's two on, two off. Exactly. Yeah. What it is. 
So yeah, I, I mean, at four or five, probably worth it. And this is a Moyes defense. Ooh. I know a lot of people are looking at Sunderland and probably shying away, but David Moyes is good at what he does, and, and a lot mm-hmm. of that is shoring up defenses and getting the most ability out of sometimes not the most talented players. Uh, yeah, true. Okay, uh, well, that's great. Again, huge thanks to Chief uh, for coming on. Go follow him at FPL Hints and go join his thing that he talked about because that sounded super dope. We'll, we'll certainly be doing that. Uh, Rob, tell the folks where they can get at you. Uh, you can find me on soccer.rasball.com. We've been doing rankings all week with the assistance of my illustrious co-host, Kevin DeVries, and the one and only fantasy gaffer, John Whalen of Playtaga.com. So head on over there to see our preseason ranks and general uh, non-sensory. You can find me on Twitter, at Smokey underscore Loogie. And, you know, just hit me up. I'm always up for uh, questions, and uh, I go up on Saturdays for baseball, if anybody's still paying attention to their baseball teams. Ooh, actually, yeah, yeah, let's uh, do a thing. Uh, Of all the bullpen moves, which there were plenty of, uh, what's your biggest takeaway from the deadline? Um, my biggest takeaway is that nine teams on the deadline changed closers. Uh, also, why couldn't we get anyone? Basically, every other closer that moved got a nicer package than we got for Melanson. You have a nice stadium. You don't need a good closer. We do have a really nice stadium. <laughs> um, I'm uh, Kevin DeVries at Kevroff. As Rob mentioned, I have been uh, doing ranks with him over on Razzball, so go check those out. I haven't put out a fantasy article since uh, when the game launched. I don't know if that's actually a problem or not. Probably, I mean, nothing's actually happened. So I'll, I'll probably start that back up right before week one. Um, oh, snap, that's next week. Mm-hmm. Whew. All right. Well, <laughs> that was an unpleasant realization right then. Um, but uh, do listen to our EPL Roundtable show. We just started season four. Uh, we had Richard Burns from uh, Manchester City and Dave Hendrick representing Liverpool. Um, talking about all the things, including the title chase and how there's not a clear favorite this season. Also, of the championship roundtable. Be sure to listen to that as well. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with plenty more what we hope will be fantasy advice. Peace.